Go Blue! Hail! The Michigan Wolverines are national champs. Congratulations to John Harbaugh and the entire Michigan squad. And look at the squad I have this morning. Good morning, everybody. Shannon Sharp made it to L.A. Finally, I know it was a long <laughs> night for you. Glad you and, the, you and the team are safe. Paul Feinbaum, always good to see you, sir. And S.A., I know you were at the game last night. I hope you had a good time. Uh, gentlemen, you want to dive I right did. into this? I did. Yes, Okay, yes, cool. Let's, Let's do it. So last night right here on ESPN, number one Michigan defeated number two Washington to win the CFP title. With the 34-13 win, the Wolverines captured their third national title overall and first since 1997. It's Michigan's first outright title since 1948. Here's Haber on that. It couldn't have gone better. It went exactly how we wanted it to go uh, to win every game. Uh, yeah. Off the field issues, we're innocent, and, and we stood we stood strong and tall because we knew we were innocent. To have completed them all, win the big games, win the Big Ten championship, win the Rose Bowl, win the national championship, it just it just feels good. You just uh, just want to pull it down, you know. Um, it's glorious. It's a glorious feeling. Sure is a glorious feeling. Paul Feinbaum, tell me this. What did Michigan prove to you with that win? Molly, they proved they were the best team in college football. And I think that's really what this is all about. As far as what Coach Harbaugh said in relation to innocence or guilt, that, that's no longer really an issue for this college football season. It's been hashed on, and the historians can decide at some other point. But nothing is going to take anything away from what the University of Michigan did last night. They were dominating, uh, they were physical, they beat Alabama uh, on the way to this, which I think helped validate what happened last night in terms of knocking off Washington. There, there will be those down in Georgia today who will say, we're better, but you know what? You, you lost the SEC championship game. You didn't yep. get in the tournament. So nobody really wants to hear from you people. Yeah. Paul, you're absolutely right, and I think that's the only argument that I wish Alabama, I wish Georgia could have taken care of business in the SEC championship as much as I rooted for Alabama because I think this that would have been a better matchup. But as you said, that's a discussion for another day. When you look at what Coach Harbaugh did and you look at what they've done, they had been knocking at the door the previous two years, and they've come up short. So they came back in the third year on a mission. Let's complete the task. And that's what they did. They, they beat Ohio State. They won another uh, Big Ten title. As he said, if you if you play in the Big Ten or the Pac-10, you want to get to and win the Rose Bowl. They got to. They won the Rose Bowl on the way to winning a national championship. And you look at who they beat along the way. They beat Ohio State. They beat Penn State. They beat Alabama. They beat Washington. They are the best team. They deserve the crown until the victor go the spoils. And whatever you want to think about Coach Harbaugh, the one thing that you cannot say, that he's not a damn good coach. Whatever level you put him on, the collegiate level, the NFL level, he's a damn good coach. Yes, he might he might grind you down over a period of time, but the facts speak for themselves. They are the national champions and they deserve to be. Excuse me, they earned the right to be called national. Go ahead, Stephen A. Sorry. 
Yeah, they 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 they, they, earn, they don't worry about it. They earn the right to be called national champions. You're both right. They're the best team in college football. There's no disputing that. But I think it's also thing, important that we we say a couple of more things. He's not a damn good coach. He's a great coach. Because okay. when you're coaching the NFL for four years and you go to three NFC championship games and a Super Bowl, I mean, there's greatness attached to that because we don't see too many coaches doing that on the National Football League level. And then to do so collegiately, to inherit this program and, and knowing what kind of shambles it was in when he arrived on board and then what do you do particularly over the last three seasons you remember there was once upon a time Paul Feinbaum knows this better than most where he was on a hot seat there were questions as to whether or not mm-hmm. he was going to survive at, at, at Michigan Paul Feinbaum brought that up and, uh, and, and, and basically highlighted how he didn't deserve it and by the way I'm here to defend Paul Feinbaum because at that particular moment in time he was absolutely right in what he was saying at that time but in the three years since in the three years since Look at this record right here, guys. He's 40-3 and three overall, 26-1 and one in Big Ten competition, three consecutive th- Big Ten titles, 3-0 and oh against Ohio State, three consecutive college football berths, and now he's a national champion. This man has restored the Michigan Wolverines to the national prominence that they swore they had all of these years, undeservedly so, I might add. But now it is finally officially deserved. You know what, guys? I think when you look at Coach Harbaugh now, you got to put him on that rail with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson won in college. He won in the NFL. You look at Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll won in college. He's winning in the NFL. I think uh, now if Coach Harbaugh can come back to the National Football League and win a and win a Super Bowl, how do you not say that he's one of the great coaches? Because there have been a lot of great college coaches that couldn't win on the next level. And so for him to be able to mm-hmm. do it on both levels, because one, you coach kids, and the other, you coach men. And to be able to uh, uh, to to get on each guy's level, that speaks volume to the type of coach that he is. Well, the only thing that I want to say is this. I get where you're coming from with Jimmy Johnson and Pete Carroll. But mm-hmm. both of them have a Super Bowl championship. Harbaugh's yes, got that's... unfinished business. So, again, yes. I get what you said. He's tinkering towards that, yes. but he's got to do it on the NFL. If he gets, if he gets one, uh, uh, Stephen A. It's done. It's done. It's done. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll keep it rolling here, guys. So rumors are swirling. John Harbaugh could have coached his last game for Michigan with much interest in his services. Excuse me, Jim Harbaugh. From NFL teams, he could be headed back to the pros. Take a listen. I just want to enjoy this. I just want to enjoy this. Uh, and I hope you give me that, you know. <laughs> can, you, can a guy have that? Does it, does it always have to be, you know, what's next? What's What's the future? Mm. Stephen A., was that Jim's last game as head coach of the Michigan Wolverines? Of course it was. Of course it was. And let me say this to Jim Harbaugh. Certainly it's nothing negative to say. I just want to educate him about something. Certainly, sir, you you have every right not to answer the question. But their reporters have an obligation to ask. And so that's just something that you have to get over and just give whatever answer that you want to give, which is exactly what he did. But people have a job to do, and that's why they asked the question. Having said all of that, there's no reason for him to stay at Michigan at this point. What else is there to accomplish? You go to Michigan for three reasons. Number one, to beat Ohio State. 
Number two is to contend for national championships. And number three, to actually win one. Now, we know they won one in 1997, but even that was shared with Nebraska. And so because of that, this is their really first outright championship in the modern era. We get what that's all about. What else is there for him to do on a college football level? All he can do is engage in redundancy and repeat what he's done and basically have dominion over his program. But even then, you have the NCAA and their nonsense hovering over you and what have you. You don't need to deal with that. With him accomplishing what he has accomplished on the collegiate level at Michigan, his alma mater, of course you go back to the pros after this. There's nothing left to prove. And Stephen A., I think some will argue he's running away from college football, and to a degree he may be, but that's really not the issue. A lot of people are running away from college football right now because it's such a bad badly run sport uh, and it's not going to change every time I'm on a program somebody say well has to this has to be done or that has to be done it's not going to be done because people still are fascinated by the sport they're still watching the big moments there there are billions of dollars at stake except there's simply no leadership and and a lot of coaches just simply can't deal with it I, I think Jim Harbaugh has maneuvered that very well uh, he hasn't played some of the same games that, that the other schools have done but he does have a gun at it his head and that's the NCAA and it's and I, I think he, he will choose wisely to leave because without him being at Michigan it helps Michigan's case against the NCAA around the corner and and I think he will be giving them a gift quite frankly they'll, they'll miss him uh, we all know what he's done but with him being in the NFL Michigan will probably get off a lot lighter down the road without him being there. Stephen, to echo what you said, you're absolutely right. You go to Michigan, Coach Harbaugh went back to Michigan. You had to beat Ohio State. You had to win a Big Ten title and get to and win a national championship. Done, done, done. He's done all that. What else does he need to accomplish? Are we going to think it great, any great, any greater of him if he were to win another? Because I don't believe he's going to have the kind of type of tenure that Coach Saban has. I don't believe he's going to stay as long at, at, at Michigan as Dabo has uh, at Clemson. So with that being said, he's accomplished everything that they brought him back to the University of Michigan to do. And that's beating Ohio State. He's done that three consecutive times. Win the Big Ten. He's done that three consecutive times, and now he's gotten to the college football playoff three times, and he's capped it off with winning a championship. So now, let's go back and see, can we replicate what we did at the 49ers, which is get to a Super Bowl once, get the three NFC title games, but this time, not only get there, finish the job by winning a Super Bowl. Now we start having to look at Jim Harbaugh in a totally different light, because as you said, Stephen A., you win at the highest level, at every level that you coach on, that's why we look at Coach uh, uh, Johnson, Jimmy Johnson, the way we do. That's why we look at Pete Carroll the way we do. Because you want a title coaching kids, and then you come over and be able to resonate and get through to men. Coaching men is a lot different than coaching kids because the kids want to get to the next level. How do you get to, how do you stand in, in a room full of men and get them to believe that you have the key and the answers to all their dreams and aspirations? That's by being well, great football players and winning a Super Bowl. I'm going to tell you somebody that needs him to leave, and I'm, I'm saying this so, Shannon, you're going to start <laughs> laughing, and so will you, Paul Feinbaum. I'm going to tell you somebody that needs him to leave, Ryan Day at Ohio State. He needs him to leave. <laughs> 
because if, if, if Jim Harbaugh beats up on him one more time, he might he might be out of a job. And so he needs Jim Harbaugh to depart for the NFL because Michigan has smacked Ohio State around over the last three years. It's just a fact. Yeah. True. Paul, I want to go around the horn with this one. Where do you think he should coach next? Uh, and by the way, Molly, before I answer that, sure. before and before Barry Switzer calls me, he did win a national championship at Oklahoma. Oh, Stephen, I know you don't want to acknowledge that's it, true. but he won That's one true. For the Cowboys that's true. as well. You're right. He did. You're right. He did. You're right. He did. You're absolutely facts right. Are the facts, absolutely Paul. right. I forgot, I forgot about, about, forgot about Coach point. Switzer. Okay. I mean, I think the Chargers are a really good fit. Uh, I, I like the quarterback combination there. I, I think Jim Harbaugh is, has had plenty of time to think about this. And remember something. He spent a week in Los Angeles last week. I don't know whether somebody from the Chargers came by to his suite, but I'm guessing it could have happened. So I think that's where you start, and then you start working your way across college uh, pro football, whether it's the Raiders or somewhere else. But, but I think the Chargers are the best landing spot. Uh, I agree with you, Paul, but you know, Al Davis and now his son Mark, they love splashy hires. Let me get the biggest name available. Let me pay him the most money available, even though I believe AP, uh, Antonio Pierce, is the best guy suited to be the Raiders head coach because what he was able to do with the same players that Josh McDaniels couldn't get them to walk on the field and play hard for, even though because that's his coaching style. AP deserves this job, but would I be surprised if Mark Davis throws another $100 million at Jim Harbaugh, although he's still still got Josh McDaniels on the payroll and possibly John Gruden? I would not be shocked at all. But I think the best situation for Jim Harbaugh is is uh, 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 the Chargers right here in L.A. Because you got a quarterback and you still got great defensive players. You got Khalil Mack. You got Joey Bosa. You got a Derwin James. You got a Sante Samuel Jr. You got pieces on the defensive side. You just got to make sure they can stay healthy and finish the task. Shannon, I agree with you and Paul Farnbaum, but I'm going to take it a step further. First of all, let me put the Chargers on the Dean Spaniels <laughs> and the crew on notice. You cannot let somebody pay Jim Harbaugh more than you need to pay him. I understand what the, Ve- the Las Vegas Raiders should do. I agree with you, Shannon. Antonio Pierce should maintain that job. You already messed up, you know, when you had Bashadi and you got rid of him, okay, and went in a different direction with McDaniels, and look what that did to you. Don't do that again. Pierce has the pulse of the players. They play hard for him. Give him some time on this belt. You ain't going to have to pay him nearly as much as you would have to pay the other dudes. Take a chance. Roll the dice on him right now. Keep continuity in place in Las Vegas. As it pertains to the Chargers and Jim Harbaugh, this is the part that I keep bringing up that everybody keeps ignoring. But I will remind you, Shannon Sharp, you were stuck in that airport last night for a few hours. (laughs) I assure you. I'm just guessing here, Paul Feinbaum. I'm just guessing here. If Shannon Sharp had to go, let's say, to Idaho or Utah, something like that, I think he would have stayed in Houston for the night. I think he would have stayed in Houston. I don't think he would have been as anxious to get home, okay? But L.A. is a little bit different, all right? And so we need to to understand that here. And here's the thing. When you're talking about that fan base in San Diego, they haven't matriculated to Los Angeles, California. No, they have not. The Chargers have to do 
something to grab the pulse of the second largest market in the United States of America. To go and get a coach that's the national champion, that's the reigning national champion now. And over the last three seasons, he's 40-3 and three and 26-1 and one in conference play. And he's been beating up on his nemesis, the Ohio State Buckeyes. When you have that guy with his reputation because of what he did in the Bay Area for San Francisco for those four years that he was there. And going to three NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl appearance in his four years. He brings instant credibility. He challenges a boy wonder coach like Sean McVay, who plays in the same stadium, by the way, in the same city. You have to do something. Marketability, y'all. It's about marketability. Shay, Shay, you know what I'm talking about. Mouth of the South, you know what I'm talking about. It's about marketability. (laughs) That's why you got to go and get Jim Harbaugh. Because, Stephen A., here's the thing. This is a Dodgers, this is a Laker team, a town. But they've been here 70-plus years. So now you just moved up – well, you just came up from the south with, the, with San, from San Diego. There's too much going on here if you're not going to win. Do I want to go in a stadium and watch a team get beat every Sunday, or do I want to go sit on the deck at the Ivy? Or do I want to go to the beach? Or do I want to walk on the pier in Santa Monica? Those are the, those are the choices that we have here in L.A. I'm not – to go sit in some building and watch you get your eyes beat out when it's 75 degrees and sunny, and I can be sitting having brunch with so when you don't see that you don't know talk about. I could be having brunch with something real that's, nice, real nice, or I can just go watch. I can just go watch true. the Chargers get beat. That is true. That ain't gonna happen. That's right. So you absolutely right, Stephen A. Right. This is a move they almost have to make because of the Chargers and that division. Kyle Shanahan. No, excuse me. You got Patrick Mahomes in that division. And if you want to win that division, you better get a coach with your quarterback that can go compete with him. And Stephen A. And Shannon, what what matters more in Los Angeles than name recognition? And I would argue everything. that Jim Harbaugh was the most talked about coach in college football or in any sport last year because – the season began, as you guys know, with, with Deion Sanders. Harbaugh's scandal happened, and it knocked everybody else off, off, the, off, the, off the page. Uh, we talk more about Harbaugh than Saban, more about him than Kirby Smart, and more about him than Deion. Now, that matters in L.A. because he is, you know, bad boy, good boy, it doesn't matter what kind of boy. He, he is a big name. And yes. it, walking up and down Rodale, Beverly Hills, it doesn't make any difference. People say, that's Jim Harbaugh. Man, I've, I've heard about him. I saw him on the, on the national news. I saw him on Stephen A. And obviously I saw him holding up the trophy on Monday night. I got to tell you, Paul Farnbaum, you brought up something that's very important. And uh, my man Shay Shay can verify this. When you are a name. L.A. is a beautiful place to be. Oh, what would you know about being a name just, in L.A.? I'm just curious. There's are you, are you speaking? Excuse me, Will. I'm just curious, Stephen. Are you speaking from personal experience? I mean, is that is that what you're talking about? I'm just wondering. I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, as Sammy Sosa once as Sammy Sosa once said, not mentioning L.A., but L.A. has been very, very good to me. Mm. Yeah, mm. there's there's no, there's no better place than being in L.A. with a name. <laughs> the two of you. The two of you are so Hollywood. I'm taking you both I'm taking you both back. I'm taking you to Hollis Queens. Shannon, where are you from? I forget. 
Birds of a feather, Shay Shay. You're Birds from Georgia. Shannon, yeah, we're, going back to, we're going back to Georgia. We're just, ain't going back. Everyone, ain't needs, going back. everyone needs to get a little humble. <laughs> we're going to be spending a weekend back home. And listen, I'm taking the black cards, all right? Back to reality. The two of you. Hey, Molly, have you noticed, have you noticed Molly? Have ground, you noticed, Molly? You ain't heard about Shannon wanting, you ain't heard about Shannon wanting to go back down south. You ain't heard about that in a while. You ain't heard about that in a while. You noticed that, right? No. Nah, Molly, you see what nah, I deal with? Nah. These two are too much. All right, Paul's going to be back with us. Paul's got the South on lock anyway, so don't worry about it. Yeah, right? hold Paul, it down, Paul. Paul, hold Paul, it down, how, Paul. About, how about the South with a name? Tell him. All right, guys, uh, still plenty more to come here on First Take. We're having a good time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Hey, Molly Karam here, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. When you're on a business trip, you know what goes completely off the rails? Your workout routine, especially when you book a hotel that doesn't have a gym. So what ends up happening is you do a few push-ups, sit-ups in your room, run around the block, or you just skip it entirely. Lame. If you just stay at La Quinta by Wyndham, you'll discover there's a fully equipped fitness center at every location. Now you can wake up, power your buys, your tries the right way, or de-stress with a little cardio. The choice is yours. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Oh, Stephen A, it all goes down Sunday in Jerry's world when Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys Host his former team, the Packers, Jordan Love and Dak Prescott will duel for a spot in the divisional round of the playoffs. But folks are already looking past that. With Jerry, take a listen up, gentlemen. There was a report that Mike McCarthy needs to do well in the postseason to have a secure spot with his job and all what he's done the last three years. Can you speak to his future and his security with this organization? Well, I just think that his record speaks for itself. I think what he's done, uh, the fact that we've uh, put ourselves in this position over these last three years, 
uh, I think that does speak for itself. And uh, we've got a lot of football left in no small part, thanks to Mike, thanks to his staff, and uh, thanks to some really outstanding football players around here. So uh, we'll see how each game goes. Mm. I thought Stephen A was getting a little saucy in the first segment, so I had to bring in Jeff Saturday to put him in check. <laughs> let Jeff, him know. Jeff, let him know. Put him in his place. He was getting a little Hollywood on me, and, and you're here for all of it. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Hi, by the way. Hey. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Molly, Molly. Yeah. Jeff Saturday. Y'all sleeping. That brother has gone Hollywood. Yeah. Have you seen the way Jeff Saturday's been acting, Shannon? Yeah. I mean, have you yeah. seen him? What? I mean, the hat, the outfits, nice he's walking you. around, pimping around, all of this. I mean, Jeff Saturday has, I mean, he has let the flavor out. I'm telling y'all right now, Jeff Saturday's put the world on notice. He's going more Hollywood than any of us, Molly. Yeah. Hey, hey, don't leave the office open, Stephen A., you know what I mean? Don't leave the, don't leave the <laughs> office open. You know what I mean? You can't be in Hollywood, yeah. you know, traveling all over the world, dealing with Michael Jordan and all the top of the world. You you know, leaving little old me back here. Hey, I'm going to take advantage. Don't leave it open. Hey, Stephen Don't a, leave it open. Do you know what I heard? I heard that he's going in for some auditions what? for General Hospital. Oh. They need, like, an expert surveillance Who? guy. Bring it in. Yeah. Tight. General Hospital, and they wanted the baby blues. They want, they, they hey, want a General yeah. Hospital. They want yeah. to bring it. We're not yeah. hiring. Yep. We're not yep. hiring. They're auditioning. We're not hiring. They're We're not hiring. All right, all right. We're not hiring. I'm just telling you that right now. All right, let's get to your let's get to your other love, Stephen A. Um, besides soap operas, and that would be the Cowboys. Right. Was that the right yeah. response for Jerry Jones when he was addressing Mike McCarthy and his future? What did you think about that? No, no, it wasn't. Um, in all seriousness, not trolling, not trolling them at all like I normally usually do and have an absolute ball doing it. But I'm very serious here. He should not have done that. All he should have said was, we'll see. And you know why he should have said, we'll see, Shannon, uh, Jeff? Because for the first seven seasons uh, that Jerry Jones was in Dallas, they were 11-2 and two in the playoffs with three Super Bowls. That was the best record, the best in the NFL in the playoffs, and they had three Super Bowl titles. Over the last 28 years, they're 5-12 and 12 in the playoffs with zero Super Bowl titles. The man is 80 years old. He believes his clock is ticking. I hope that he's around for a very, very long time. Everybody knows I have a very good relationship with, with Jerry Jones and Steven Jones. I know I troll the Cowboy fans because I, I really can't stand them. It's a love-hate relationship. I really can't. They really do get on my last damn nerves. Make no mistake about it. There's nothing that pleases me more than Cowboy fans being miserable about their Cowboys. But in the same breath, I'm not rooting against Jerry Jones per se. I, you know, I, I got a lot of love for him. I'm just telling you right now, being 80 years of age, uh, having not won a championship in 28 years, going through all the things that they have gone through, a lot of it inflicted by Jerry Jones and some of the decisions that he made, particularly his loyalty to coaches who were non-productive and stuff like that. That hasn't been the case as of late. You see the roster that they've built, I think this is the best shot that they have at the championship. And the reason why I say the attitude should be we'll see when it comes to Mike McCarthy, fellas, is because of this reason. Mike McCarthy wanted the play calling duties. He was the person that, you know, you know, you know, just 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 expedited the departure of Kellen Moore so he could mm -hmm. be the one calling plays, saying that there needed to be more balance, et cetera, et cetera. And then the minute Kellen Moore goes out the door, he does the same damn thing that Kellen Moore was doing, throwing the football more than he was running the football, obviously because he doesn't have a bell cow at the running back spot. In the end, it's on his shoulders. This is what he wanted. And when you consider what you see from the Cowboys, along with what you're seeing from other teams in the NFC outside of San Francisco, 
Francisco. It should come down to the Dallas Cowboys literally looking at one squad standing in their way and figuring out how to beat them on a Sunday afternoon. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. In my opinion, if Mike McCarthy loses to anyone other than San Francisco, he, I, I, I wouldn't think about bringing him back. I wouldn't. Saturday, go ahead. Take off Saturday. Yeah, I, 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 listen, I disagree. I mean, I, I, for Mike McCarthy, I, I think he stays irrespective of what happens. And I'll say this, unless, unless the, the, the actual loss can be attributed to some decision he makes – at the end of a game or whatever that you just feel like, hey, in these That's big fair. moments, he That's continues. Uh, but, but other than that, like if it's just, hey, we line up and, and, you know, we get beat 27-24 or whatever, this guy, they have won 12 games three years in a row. They won the division twice. Like they have put themselves in position to be successful. And to your point, Stephen A., him taking over the play-calling duties this year, that's a new coordinator, right? Like, they have to figure that out, and they have begun to figure it out. And obviously, Dak has played significantly better at the latter part of the season than he even did in the beginning. He's at MVP numbers. All of those things are all arrows pointing up. He's got Dan Quinn at the defensive coordinator spot who has stayed with him. I think all of those are reasons where you go, yeah, man, he's got this organization in a good place. And, and again – San Francisco, to me, is a better roster than the Cowboys right now. So, they, but if you look at the Cowboys, the way they have played, especially here in, in the at the end of the season, this is a good football team. And all you can do is give yourself a chance, hope you show up in the playoffs and do the absolute best you can. But to your point, they are missing a back, which, which again, goes to roster construction, right? Like, they, they needed that. They, I wish they would have traded for a Derrick Henry midway through, right, to give them some kind of, like, ground and pound. So there are some things they're missing. There's still a very good football team. I do not think Mike McCarthy should lose his job, irrespective, unless the, the one scenario I brought up. Jerry could have said nothing, but we know that wasn't going to happen, Stephen Never. A. And Jeff, <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. Stephen A., you said something very interesting. You said he's shown loyalty to a lot of coaches, to a lot of, to lose, to a lot of losing coaches. It's kind of like Cat Williams told me on my podcast, which is now at 37 million views, Stephen A. He said, you have an yes, unnatural allegiance to losers. Now, see, the guy he should have been most loyal to was the guy that he just put in the ring of fame about two weeks ago. Yep. And that was Jimmy. And then he wouldn't have, he could just ride off into the sunset with five or six Super Bowls like Mr. Kraft. Even if he part ways with Coach Belichick, he said, I got six Lombardis. Jerry should have had five. Jerry should have been Mr. Kraft before Mr. Kraft. Yep. Because you look at what he had. He had Mike, he had Troy, he had Emmett, and the oldest one was 28 when he fired Jimmy Johnson. But with that being said, let me ask you this, Saturday. Is it about wins or is it about Super Bowls? Because it seems like to me for the very first time, Jerry is not okay just being the most watched team on television. He's like, you know what? I'm starting to come to grips with my mortality. I've only got so many summers because, because there's a great chance that after this summer, I might not see another one. He said it before about four or five years ago. He said, you have no idea the size of the check that I would write if you tell me I can win just one more. Yeah. That's what's on his mind. He wants to do it when he said, this is a roster, this is a team ahead, that I constructed. I, I, I would say this. Go ahead, Jeff. Who, who is the upgrade? 
right? You've got a coach that's won 12. And that was – and I'm not comparing Mike McCarthy to Jimmy Johnson. So, so like, for the Cowboy fans, <laughs> don't, don't – but what I will say is this. You win, you win 12 games a year – that, that, that ain't easy in the NFL. I don't care what anybody said. That, that's tough sledding, right? So if you're going to make a change, you better, you better have a hammer that is coming through and going to make a splash and is going to go win. It, you better liken it to what Harbaugh did when he went to the 49ers, right? He had eight, eight losing seasons. He comes in, they play for three titles, and they, they go to a Super Bowl. Obviously, they lose it, but they get in one. You better have that type of production because if you bring in another dude who wins 12 games and don't do anything, you haven't upgraded. So that would be my argument well, would be you better make sure you got a hammer that is a 100% win. I just don't know that it's out there. Well, a couple of things. Number one, uh, let me just bring up a couple of points. Number one, uh, uh, Shannon, you don't yeah. need to mention the 37 million views uh, with <laughs> you talking to Cat Williams. I think you, I think you should wait a couple of days because that I think that bad boy gonna hit 50 million in a couple and, and, and a few more days it's gonna break the internet. I think it's gonna hit 50 million, my brother. So I'm just saying, just be patient. Just be patient. Be just like I tell Cowboy fans, be patient. Just wait. Will you be patient for a different reason? Be patient for a different reason. It. That's number one. There we go. That's right. Oh, no, 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 no question about it. It's going to hit 50 million. You know? That's number one. It's number fluid. two, I would say this to you. It's fluid. It's fluid. It's fluid. There we go. There we go, y'all. Here's number two, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, here's the number two. This is, this is the thing, Jeff. I get what you're saying about Jerry Jones. And, and, and listen, I would tell you this. First of all, he told me personally, clock's ticking. He said, I don't have much time. That's how he feels sometimes. He just thinks yes. about, you know, as you creep up, he's like, I ain't got much time. It's very serious for him. So now, Jeff, here do we, here we, here's what we come to. We have to accept, and you're right, Jeff, and I appreciate the, the correction. I'm talking about if we're able to point to Mike McCarthy and what he did wrong. I'm not yeah. talking about, you know what, game plan is great. They're performing, but a couple of players flagrantly mess up. It has nothing to do with coaching. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if it's on him. But I will say this, and both of y'all can speak to this. We just finished watching a national college football game, right? Right. You understood when you went to Michigan. The number one reason Harbaugh was in trouble years ago was because he couldn't beat Ohio State. You got to do certain things. And when it gets to the Dallas Cowboys, it does get to a point where it's like, look, we're worth $9 billion. We're the preeminent franchise in sports. We yeah. get all the hype, all the pub, all the headlines. We're winning during the regular season. I'm hiring you to get it to finish the job. That does come to – it's not about the record at one point. Like, if, if, if you go 10 and 6 and barely squeeze into the – 10 and 7 and, and barely squeeze into the playoffs, but you end up winning the Super Bowl, Jerry Jones would take that rather than 13 or 14 win seasons and you going home right. early. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to finish the job at some yeah. point. Because the Cowboys is just not uh, – uh, Saturday is just not about the regular season. I, I don't care about 12 and 5. I don't care about 14 and 3. At the end of the day, you keep saying, we're stacking up. So now that means they're 36 and 15. And they've been bounced in the first round on several occasions. At some point in time, I need you to pay that off. I need you to stop getting A's on the test, but flunk in the class. You see what I did with that Saturday? That's, you know, that happened to your boy a couple of times. I was getting good grades on the test, but I was flunking the class. And that's what's happening with the Cowboys. You look at them in the regular season. 12 and 5, 13 and 4. And when it comes down to the big test, you flunk the class because you missed, messed up on the big test. That's what Jerry is saying. And Jerry, and finally, it's nice to hear that 
nah, nah, he on the he need to get this thing done. We need to finish this up. We need to finish this thing off. Because so many times we've gotten close. Oh, this is the best team, the Cowboys. This is the best chance since 95. This is the best chance since this. <laughs> I don't care nothing about no best. Either you do or you don't. But y'all, y'all here, you're talking about 95. Like they were the they were the preeminent eight and eight team for ten years, like for a decade. Like this hasn't been a team. This has been a team, like you said, is the most valuable. They you're the most watched. They're the most all the, but they're still average. Like at least McCarthy has taken them from being an average team to being an above average. And I and I completely do understand. At some point, you got to run out of you time. Win Jeff. playoff games. You got to do the. But you better have somebody okay. that's going to go make it happen. But he's running out of time, like Jeff. Off, but he's I, running I, out of time. Owners looking I got for that. one question for you, Shannon, Stephen A. Yes. What percentage do you give the Cowboys to get to the Super Bowl this year, today? I give them a 50 50 shot. I give them a 50 50 wow. shot. I think the only thing standing in their I, way I, is San Francisco. I give I, them a 50 percent chance. I say, I, I say 40. I say 40. Okay, Jeff. Ooh, I, I, I'm mm. I'm a I'm a 30-ish maybe. Really, and you're yeah. so high on I Dak. Love, listen, and it's so... hard. Like everybody, man, and and listen, sh- like because you've done it. Listen, you know don't, it don't let Shannon like like they won a lot of freaking games, man, yeah. and they were a they the, the way they won Super Bowls. That this team isn't as good as what Shannon played on. Like like this team, they they gonna have to fat, fight no. and scrap and do those things. There are flaws in this football team that don't just get you know covered over because you're in the playoffs. Like the, the, the most dominant team is San Francisco. Yeah. That was who that was who Shannon played for. He played yeah. for the four, right? he played for the most dominant team for that many years. It that ain't that ain't who the Cowboys are. And, but, I, but and, I, and I do pull for him. Look Last at all here, those Jake. good play. Look at all those good players that they have. They have the second most. They have the drafted the second most Pro Bowlers behind Kansas City over the last decade. Kansas City has been in three Super Bowls, one, two. Right. Yeah. The Cowboys got to finish this up. We got plenty of time to talk about this leading up okay. to the game. Let's roll. Little uh, <laughs> NBA to get into. I know you love the NBA too, Shannon. Yeah. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is always a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by categories like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day's May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Thanks so much for listening to the pod and have a fabulous day. Hey, I'm Molly Caram, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. 
Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years. Draymond Green participated in the Warriors' walkthrough Sunday, sat on the bench as he returned to team facilities, excuse me, folks, for the first time since his indefinite suspension. Green was reinstated by the league on Saturday. After sitting out 12 games, the NBA announced an indefinite ban for Green on December 13th, one day after he struck center Yusuf Nurkic during a game against the Phoenix Suns. Here's Dre on Stephen A. and Chef Curry. One thing throughout this process that really hurt me, I turned on the TV screen and someone, uh, Stephen A. was like, uh, Steph is a bad leader because Draymond did X. And it pissed me off, but it crushed me. It crushed me because how is Steph enduring being a bad leader? Like, this guy doesn't give us anything to tear him down about. This guy does everything the right way. And yet he's being tore down because my actions crush me. Okay, Stephen A., I know you have a relationship with Draymond Green. What's your reaction to what he just said there? He's wrong. Um, <clears throat> clearly, he didn't hear what I said, um, or he was listening uh, to some somebody wanting to instigate something. Um, that definitely happens from time to time with a lot of athletes. Uh, because they get stuff third hand instead of seeing stuff for themselves and interpreting it accurately. Um, that absolutely, definitely was the case here. But before I go any further, Shannon and Molly, um, I'm going to call on the producers. Could you please air what I said when it came to Steph Curry, please, so we can show the audience I understand what I- that Steph Curry is not a vocal leader. I get that. But I got to tell y'all something. If this were LeBron James, if this was a teammate of LeBron James, we'd be all over LeBron James. Where's the leadership? Where's he at? What kind of impact is he having? I don't think that we should be holding Steph Curry to lesser standards. There's a lot to this, and Steph is not being blamed, just like I'm not, quote-unquote, blaming Steve Curry or whatever. But there is no doubt that organizationally, especially when it comes to the coach and when it comes to the star player, that there appears to be that more should have been done. Did anybody there hear me say that Steph Curry was a bad leader? No. Nobody ever heard that come out of my mouth. Now, they can try to allude to it all they want to. What point I was making, Shannon, was that we hold LeBron James to excessive, incredible standards. Correct. The point that I was making was, why isn't that applicable to everybody else? 
And if it's not applicable to everybody else, why don't we give this man a break? See, I can talk about LeBron James and, you know, back in the day when I thought he was a, he was afraid to go to the free throw line or I thought he took jump shots when he should have been taking his behind in the post and posting up smaller dudes like you see him do on a regular basis now, Shannon Sharp. But that's about it. When it comes to his character as a leader and what have you, when we talk about somebody that has been close to perfect, who's been more perfect than LeBron James over the course of his illustrious career? Yet on time, on too many occasions, we held him to a standard we held nobody else to. So what I was trying to say about Steph Curry was, I know you're great and you're a four-time champion. You're the quintessential role model personified in every way, shape, form, or fashion. Okay? I get that. But when something like this happened, if LeBron James was Draymond Green's teammates, we would have said, where's the leadership? So how come we didn't ask that question about Steph? Now, I know what Draymond was going, because I spoke to him yesterday, and I'm not going to talk about what he said specifically because we didn't get into it that much. We'll talk about it at a later date. But his mentality is that Steph's name should have never come up. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I'm accountable for me. It's my actions. I'm the, ones who made, I'm the one who made a mistake. That's absolutely fine. What player do you know, Shannon, who wouldn't say that about themselves? As a professional yeah. athlete, they're not boys. They're men. And they would right. say to you, it's me. It's not somebody to lead me, somebody to tell me what to do. It's my responsibility. It's my job. They would all say that, but it wouldn't prevent most of the media. It wouldn't prevent most of the critics. It wouldn't prevent most of the cynics for still pointing their ire or their skepticism in the direction of somebody they deem to be a leader. That's all I was pointing out. And the only thing that I would like to say outside of that, outside of the fact that it was flagrantly wrong, I never said that about Steph Curry. I never would say that Steph Curry is a bad leader. Did I say at times it could help if he were a bit more vocal publicly as opposed to what he does behind closed doors? Sure, but that's just a preference that I have to sort of negate and quell some of the negative momentum that's out there sometimes about Draymond and anybody else. But I would never question the integrity, the character, the leadership of a Steph Curry. And I think that Draymond was wrong to I thought he misquoted me and I thought he was wrong about that. But I also pointed the finger at Steve Kerr because when you have grown men who are leaders, who go about the business of trying to instantly Gate stuff because they want to interpret things their way to manipulate a narrative. It amazes me how passive aggressive they can get. There isn't a professional athlete, and Shannon, you know this. Molly, you definitely know this. There isn't a professional, there isn't a person in professional sports that can't get access to my number, that can't get access to me. And they know if they sat up there and they really wanted to confront me or they really had something to say, call me. I'll fly the hell of San Francisco to do it. It's not a problem. I never said that. I never would about Steph Curry. And I was just unfortunate that Draymond Green uh, thought that I did because clearly he misinterpreted what I was trying to say. And that's sad. That's not what you said. But Stephen, what I've learned over the course of my 55 years, a lot of times people listen to respond, not to understand what the person was actually saying. You see, that's what Draymond did. He listened to respond to what you said, but not understand what you were saying. You see, and, and see, here's the thing, and Draymond said something very interesting, Stephen A. He said, you know what, I, I thought about retiring. So you, which I don't believe, so he's in the first year of a $100 million contract. So Draymond Green was going to walk away from $75 million instead of not chin-checking his teammate, instead of not trying to get a cheap fire flailing and hitting Nurkic upside yeah, of his head. And Shannon, we'll get into that of getting all Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. We're going to talk about that later. Yeah. But the leadership, but here's the thing, and you're absolutely right. You see, when Steph Curry does something good, well, we put him on the level with LeBron. 
But we hold LeBron to everything that goes on wrong in any organization. We've held LeBron responsible. Well, LeBron wanted this move. Well, do you think Kevin Durant would have been in uh, Golden State if, if uh, uh, Steph Curry didn't sign up on his DVD? Absolutely not. Nope. So now it's like he, you want to absolve him. You're absolutely right, Draymond. You are a grown man in everything you do. But because they've tolerated your behavior, and Steph Curry has said, Draymond is our guy. We believe in Draymond. We rock with Draymond. So in other words, they were kind of justifying your behavior. Remember, you never accept anything in a win, you wouldn't in a loss. When they were winning championships, Draymond's behavior was just like this. Maybe he wasn't chin-checking his teammates, but Draymond was behaving just like this on the court. He was getting technical fouls. He was getting tossed out of ball games. It was all cool because they were winning. Now they've fallen on hard times, and now everybody wants to say, man, y'all see how Draymond acted? He's been acting like this. But when you win championship after championship, you overlook that. So why aren't you over there looking now? Ah, oh, because we can see. And we see most on most nights they're getting their eyes beat out. And so now it draws more attention because you can't say winning cures at all because you can't cure that odor because you're not winning. Draymond was wrong. I'm glad he got away from it, got an opportunity to seek the attention. But you're absolutely right, Stephen. You never said he was a bad leader. But I just believe, and I don't know, maybe he has. Maybe he said, Dre, man, maybe this time he said, Dre, man, you need to chill with this, bro. You got to chill with this because we really need you, well, X, Y, and Z, whatever he might have said off the camera. But it doesn't seem like, Stephen A., what you want or hope by Steph being more vocal, I don't think that's going to happen because I don't know if that's his personality. S.A., I got to hit the top of the hour. If you have something you want to respond on the other side, we cool with that? Because we got Yes, roll. I do. Okay, Yes, I perfect. do. I just right, want to perfect. say one more thing. But that's sure, it. Yeah. absolutely. The Warriors currently below 500, 12th in the West. 